0: And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. Today, we are going to talk about the best homeschooling schedule advice ever. Um, Big promises, and hopefully you will uh, enjoy this podcast and find a lot of useful information on the show notes. So uh, you can find all the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com look for episode 285, Best Homeschool Scheduling Advice. And today I want to thank our sponsor, the Well Planned Gal. Um, One of the great things about scheduling is having a planner. And you can find all kinds of planners um, over there that will fit your budget and your need, as well as a print planner and uh, digital planners as well. So Um, That may be something you want to take a look at, and I have them, and one of my favorites fits in my purse. Uh, So I really like that, and I can take it with me on the go. Well, the best homeschooling advice I ever received actually came from my daughter, and she said, Mom, if you're going to duplicate the school system at home, why homeschool? And with that in mind, I looked for a way to schedule my homeschool year, and I made time for those special events that make homeschooling stand out from the conventional school. So whether you are um planning to homeschool in a specific method which we'll get over um go over in just a minute or whether you have a big family trip or a field trip planned or you want your children to do one-on-one mentoring with a talented person um you can do all this as a homeschooler and we're going to go over just some of those things one of the biggest things I like to do is ask questions. And I do have a printable for you that is available on this podcast uh, that you can print out. And just make sure you check off these things um, and can fill in the, these uh, answers to these questions. And the first is, before you can start planning, you need to have your information, right? You need to gather it and collect it and put some thought into it. And that's why people say, you know, it'd be so great to have a homeschool retreat, or just have you know blocks of time where you can just think about it. Well, in real life, um, especially uh, if you are like I am with a husband uh, that worked um, pretty long hours. Some days he'd be home at three o'clock if he left at six in the morning or five thirty. But then he was exhausted, and so I did a lot of my planning on the weekends uh, when we had a little bit more time. And so. When I was starting to homeschool, there were a lot of questions I had. And the first were um, along the lines of knowing what my state laws are and if you are compliant. Some states have very strict laws, others don't. And I have a link to hslda.org. And there is a link there for um, your homeschool state and what the laws are. And you also need to know, you know, are you, um, if you're going to become part of a support group? In my early years of homeschooling, I was always involved in the support group, and this is a network of people locally who are also homeschooling. You can call your local church or um, even the school board, and they have a list of homeschool support groups, and you can go and meet them and see if any of them are a good fit. The third is, what are your goals and objectives for the year? I'm going to go over this a little bit more later on, but if you have like an overreaching or overarching goal and objective, uh, that's important and what methods of homeschooling do you lean toward? If you don't know, you can listen to the podcast I did um, that was a homeschool test for moms, and again, that link is also here in the show notes, and you can take that short little quiz and figure out what kind of homeschool method you lean toward. Some of us are what I would call eclectic, that we pick and choose from different ones, and some of us are definite Charlotte Mason, or definite classical curriculum, or definite unschooling. So whatever that is, keep that in mind when you're scheduling. Um, How long do you plan to homeschool? And this means daily, (laughs) not am I going to homeschool K through 12? You know, you don't have to make these decisions right away. But if you're going to homeschool four, five, or six hours, again, it depends on, um, you know, what the law is. And please know that as homeschoolers, we homeschool 24-7. So I was never a stickler of writing down every single hour that we schooled um, because we overdid the school, you know, whether it was going to the library because that counts or going on a field trip because that counts. Uh, Because if you're in school and you go to the library or on a field trip, you know, all that time counts. The sixth point is, are you flexible? You know, is this something that you're going to create a schedule and this is what you're going to follow, or are you going to allow for some flexibility? And the seventh is, do you like checkoff lists uh, for you or for the kids? Keep that in mind as you're planning and scheduling. And the eighth thing is, do you have an overarching or overreaching, um, maybe overreaching is the wrong word, but do you have a family motto? Um, We did that years ago. My husband and I sat down and the one that really hit us was a plaque that a friend had given us, you know, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And so that's our family motto. And it's something that is over, um, you know, where where we get water, we have a water cooler and where the water cooler is, we're on well water and and our our RO system can't keep up with us. Uh, So it's a plaque that's where everyone's going to see it many times a day when they refill their cup of water. So that's something um, you know, that you may want to consider is having a family motto and maybe getting a plaque or creating one that is up on your wall so that everyone can see it and you can you know, have that as you know what your family as a unit is working toward. You might want to change that each year, um, but that is something that is important and you know these questions will set the groundwork on how you'd like to set up your homeschool year and so as i was going through this i have it broken uh down into the best homeschool advice the best homeschool uh tools and supplies and then the best homeschool scheduling advice so it is all broken up here in different uh segments so um it's going to be fast and furious, and I, I probably won't go through every single one of these because uh, this would probably be a two-hour podcast, but I'm going to go through um, most of them uh, if I can get through it before we um, Some of us well, well, anyway, some of it when, before we take commercial break. All right. The best homeschool advice, and this is just general, is to keep your eyes focused on your family needs. When Sally Joe uses, you know, so-and-so curriculum and just absolutely loves it, guess what? It may not work for your kids. I fell into this trap as an early uh, homeschool mom, a young homeschool mom, and uh, just did not work. The second is to look at your goals. What do you hope to accomplish this year? What subjects do you want to cover? If you know what that is, you can start backwards. You can build it from, this is what I want to cover. Um, I've got some links um, later on in this uh, show. I'm going to talk about scope and sequence. And that kind of tells you a little bit about what you need to uh, learn for each grade. Remember, use it loosely. Um, one year, and I'll talk about them. <laughs> I'm getting, getting ahead of myself here. But um, my kids wanted to study different things that weren't in their quote-unquote grade. And it didn't matter. We studied it anyway. So that, again, is important. Um, The third thing is something that I think is probably the best uh, thing I ever did with my kids, and that was to develop my child's creativity and imagination, and you've heard me podcast about this before, and if you haven't, go search for these podcasts, encourage my kids to think. I think that is one of the most important things that we can do as homeschoolers is give them time to think and to do things on their own. We want strong kids who can think for themselves and not be, um, you know, easily swayed by what every other kid wants to do or um, wants to happen. So that's important. Number five is each kid is unique and consider your child's needs. I know that while I love to read, that wasn't something that we could always do. Um, with our kids because some of them were fast readers and some of them were slow readers. And some didn't read until well into their, you know, 12 and 13 and 14. But it didn't matter because when they finally got to where they needed to be, and yes, we had to do some remediation, uh, they went to college and they have been doing fabulously well. So again, consider your child's needs. Don't stress it if they're not reading. Don't stress it if they're not getting it that year. Um, you may need to do some remediation, but it will click. Another is, number four, I went, kind of went out of order, so that was number five. I'm going to go back one. Number four is, what character qualities do you want to work on? If you want to strengthen family relationships, you can select reading materials like um, Little House on the Prairie when the kids are younger, or Anna Green Gables when they're older. Um, there are tons of great literary works that will help you to encourage your children and work on specific character qualities. And number six is um, do not try to recreate the pu- public or private school in the home. One of the things I shared with you earlier. Uh, number seven is don't forget about you. Do you have help scheduling? Um, if you're not good at it, like I never was good at it, I would recruit friends who were. I would bake something for them or exchange something and they'd you know, come uh, babysit. Um, you know, I'd, I would do art with the kids. That's something I like to do. I would exchange and then we, they would, we'd have this scheduling party where they would help me. I, like I, would, I would know what books I wanted to use, but then they would help me schedule. And then as my daughter got older, my second oldest, um, she would come and schedule her siblings. And it was great because it was, um, I'll have some examples of this actually in the August uh, printables. So if you are on our email list, uh, you will be able to see um, these examples of some of our uh, schedules for high school. Um, and also, the, their younger grades. Okay. Um, don't forget about you, um, also, in that you can't forget. And, and I used to always have a hard time with this. A lot of times, we, we as moms put ourselves on the back burner because, of course, we can do it. We don't need any help. You know, we're invincible. And then we, we crash and burn, and we have homeschool burnout. So remember to take a break every once in a while. You know, take a breather um, after lunch or before lunch or whatever that time is. Once my kids got to um, an age where they could make lunch, I would take a few minutes in our schoolroom and either I would collect my thoughts for what we were going to do after lunch or just have a few minute break while they made lunch and then I would go downstairs and have lunch with them. So whatever that is, friends, just You know, don't forget if it's taking a bath at night instead of a a quick shower, whatever that is, uh, try to pamper yourself a little bit because yes, you do deserve it. Number eight, never. (laughs) I've got some nevers in here. Never. And that means never answer the phone while you're homeschooling. Uh, We are in the day of cell phones. Everyone has a cell phone. So set a special ringtone for important people and let others go to voicemail. I never answer a number that is not in my contact list. If it's someone who's trying to reach me, even through business, because I own this podcast network, it has to go to voicemail, and then I will respond that way. Um, This goes for checking Facebook. Uh, For me, it also meant not checking um, emails um, until after 11.00. Um, and that was so that I could get stuff done because I always say that if I even now I don't try not to check emails early in the day because if I do, you get sucked into the vortex of emails. Um, this goes for checking Facebook and social media in general. It goes without saying number nine, never. and that means never unless it's absolutely necessary. go on an errand during school, no grocery shopping, doctor appointments until after school or if you take a day off one of those days. I used to think, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store on Wednesdays. And I tell you what, I couldn't get that out of my head. So I would finally just say to the kids, okay, we're going to the grocery store. And this is back in the early days of homeschooling. I started homeschooling in 1986, um, 87. And people would always stop us and say, you know, well, aren't your kids in school? And why aren't they in school? And what is homeschooling? Well, now, All of that is less of a novelty, but it still will ruin your day, and when you get home, you're going to have lost a whole day. So if you go to the grocery store, again, try to keep it for the evenings when maybe someone else can watch the kids during the day, or do it on the weekends, Um, and I know it's hard sometimes to take everyone and go, um, but you can um, have a much more productive homeschool if you... Really are aware of some of those things That will rob you of your time We're going to take a quick commercial break And when we come back I'm going to uh, Share with you some tools and supplies That are must have as well as The best homeschool scheduling advice We'll be right back A planner is not a planner unless it is a well Planned planner The well planned gal Rebecca Ferris is a homeschool Mom who has a gift and she shares Her talents with us in her planner Series a few of the amazing Planners available are the well-planned day, student planners, and even the high school four-year planner. The newest planner is the well-planned prayer planner with an all-in-one planner and organizer. Organize your day with a focus on placing God first. Journaling 101 as well as scripture verses permeate this beautiful book. Take it everywhere and you will have all the information you need at your fingertips. Best of all, it becomes a keepsake and a wonderful guide for making prayer a priority. This journal is truly life-changing. Visit WellPlannedGal.com for more information. Hey everyone, welcome back. Don't forget to get the show notes at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for Best Homeschool Scheduling Advice, Episode 285. I know I've thrown some other things in here besides scheduling, but these are really important to know, and I think these will be really helpful. And again, the show notes are ones you can print out and uh, tuck away, and you can check off some of these things or take some time to think through some of these questions. All right, tools and supplies. You don't have to spend a fortune, and unfortunately, they are not tax deductible, but um, these are some things that you can get for your homeschool. Number one is a three-inch binder, and this is for mom. I used a three-inch binder, um, a three-ring binder, and I began a, a homeschool master binder when I first began homeschooling, and it contains all the must-haves. So I'd have copies of the schedules, important information, everything from um, you know information blanks that I could just duplicate and stuff that I always had to search around and look for. And I finally got smart and said, well, you know what? If I put it in a notebook, I'll know where it is. I have all of the children's evaluations in this binder from the beginning of our homeschool adventure to the end. I had shot records in here. I had everything pertaining to school. When I was a teacher, we had uh, folders back then. Probably everything is digital now. But we had folders for each of the kids, and that contained all of their important information. So I just segmented my binder to each of the kids, and I was able to keep everything together. And it also was easy because I could immediately find the information that I needed. So it was really helpful. The second is a master list, and that is subjects, um, books, reading books, grade level goals, and so forth. And I. And I had this master list um, that I kind of did along the lines of a scope and sequence. And again, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about that and um, where you can uh, get different ones and download them. But I had this master list of things that I wanted. For example, some of our favorite reading books, some of my grade level goals. And if you have multiple children uh, and you do this once uh, when when they're younger, and then build with that. Um, then when you go back, as I had two older children and then three younger, I could go back to what I already had done. It was still in the notebook. And while my older two children were in high school, when I started having more children, um, it was so nice to have those things done. And yes, we didn't do all of the same books. Um, my kids, my older kids, liked a specific math curriculum, whereas my younger kids liked a different math curriculum better. And so, you know, some of the things that we, were changed there, but it was so nice. And yes, I also had a file and a Word doc on my computer that was corresponding and master lists can include supply lists or school um, activities that we like to do or field trips that were enjoyable. Um, All of their birthdays were there, um, friends' birthdays, and relatives' birthdays, and a calendar of events. So the calendar of events could be just a blank that I would fill in. Um, Now with the planners, uh, like the Well-Planned Gal planners, um, those have wonderful um, things that you can make copies of. And if you have the digital, that's even better, I think, because um, I like to have something printed, but the digital allows you to fill it in and then print it out. File cabinet throughout the years I kept files on each of the kids' works um, as they ended the year we would empty their binders um, they would have different folders for different things and then the information was filed under the children's name. I did not keep each and every paper but I did have a lot of um, you know their best papers and then um, I would put their name and their grade and the binder was ready their You know, spiral binder that they kept their work in uh, for evaluations was ready for next year. So we opted to do evaluations. We did do standardized testing, but not really until they got into um, high school age. And that's just my philosophy. A lot of people see it differently and want to do standardized tests throughout their um, school. And I don't because I want to focus on some of the areas um, that will really build upon previous learning. And then when they get into high school, they do start prepping. Um, Well, actually, before high school, used to start prepping for the SAT. And that's um, College Prep Genius, who is one of our podcasters. Uh, She has a great show uh, that can help you with that. Okay, school supply and notebooks. Of course, look for sales. And these are our staples. We get line spiral notebooks for less than 20 cents each during back-to-school sales. And I buy enough for all year. And we use a Sharpie or a nice label from the computer um, if you're good at that. And that actually is one of the printables that I will have um, in our um, August back to school printable on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Um, And that will, um, you can print those out and cut them out and put them on your notebooks. Um, notebook paper is another important thing, and this is one of those things we always ran out of when the kids were younger. I had wide-ruled notebook paper for the kids, and then college-ruled for the older ones. Um, pencils, we prefer number two pencils. Some of the kids like the mechanical pencils, and I don't remember what brand it was. I'll have to ask them, and I can put it in the show notes. But there was one that they liked um, that you can only get at an supply, office supply store. And yes, friends, this was pre-Amazon days. And of course, depending on your child's needs, there are crayons, markers, erasers. Um, Get the ones that fit on the pencil as well as the bigger ones. Uh, Colored pencils, pens, and Sharpies are very important and highlighters. And don't forget that 110-pound paper to make your own dividers. I absolutely love the heavyweight paper. I would buy those little sticky labels that you can write on and to erase. You can get those at the office supply store on Amazon, I'm sure. And they, they stick on like with tape. And then you can put whatever subjects you want. So whenever you're keeping records, you can make your own tabs. Or if you want the kids to have one of those really uh, fancy notebooks that they have uh, for sale. And sometimes my kids liked them and sometimes they didn't because they were pretty bulky. So my kids like to keep individual files. And also, um, they liked folders that were paper folders, and they'd have pockets in the front and in the back, and then they'd have um, a place where you could put your papers and, um, you know, with those little tabby things. So uh, that's just how we kind of evolved into um, how we kept records. And the best purchases ever, a little bit more expensive, one large dry eraser board, of course, with erasable markers. An electric three-hole punch, to this day, we use for everything. A laminator, to this day, we use for everything. Um, A stapler, a heavy-duty stapler, and that's to make those books kids love to make. You know, when you take a sheet of paper and you fold it in half, staplers do not fit um, in that middle crease. And so I used to make the kids these books, and then they would illustrate them. We would use them for after field trips. We would make nature guides, and it was uh, super fun. I love sticky notes, so of course I had some of those, and um, that's always fun. All right, are you ready? Best homeschool scheduling advice. Now, this is a lot of information, so remember, um, I'm going to tell you, don't get overwhelmed, and then you're going to freak out. Um, Truthfully, this is something that you need to look at and take with a grain of salt. Um, I really just put in things that were very helpful to me. And the first is know your kids. Do you know where they are? Have you ever evaluated them? Um, I used to be able to tell you exactly what my kids could do in math, in science, in reading. I had it all in my head. Of course, I had it written down too. So the next year, I didn't need to worry. Gosh, you know, are they going to go into the next level math book? Or are we going to take another year and go over this information? I knew. But if you're starting out, you may not know. And so the well-planned gal, um, who is our our, uh, sponsor for um, her planners, I was on her website and I found that she has a placement and evaluation book. And those look awesome. So if you are not sure where your kids should be placed, that's something that you may want to look at. Also, getting organized. Number two, if you have books and you can't find them, We need to have a place where things go. And the same thing with all of your supplies. If everyone knows where everything goes, it's super easy to pick up. Number three, freebies. And I just want to say that while there are a lot of sites that say you can get free curriculum or downloads or printables, and I mean, some of these websites have been built on the fact that you never have to pay a penny for curriculum and curriculum is too expensive. The problem with that, Is that first of all, you have to print out a bunch of stuff. So hopefully, you have a printer that can print cheaply. And secondly, it's all over the place. So, how do you know what your kids are learning? And a lot of times, this is all stuff that they're writing and it doesn't allow for creativity. That's why, in a lot of my um, monthly planners that I've been doing that are geared specifically to each month, I have just lists of ideas. And so you can take these ideas and go off of them rather than having kids just filling in pages. If you're going to do that, just go to the local, you know, um, store and just buy a whole bunch of fill-in-the-blanks because I feel like, you know, if you have them and you can get them organized, great. And, um, you know, just keep that in mind. Number four, I've been talking about this off and on, scope and sequence. So what is this? This states what your kids need to know each year. And as homeschoolers, we are flexible. Even if you're not flexible, yes, we're flexible. Um, There are some links that I put in here um, from um, some of the places I found. I found a lot more and I looked at them and didn't really think they were that great. But it just gives you an idea of what needs to be learned each year. And as I said earlier, my kids often wanted to learn things that were not for their specific year but we just did a simpler version of it. Um, so, you know, look at that. And also, number five, be flexible. Make sure that your schedule has a little bit of wiggle room. Even if you schedule things during the day, um, one of the best advice uh, pieces of advice I got was from my husband because it was taking us all day to finish, or you've had the kid who, or you hear about the kid, who takes all day just to do math. And we're not going to get into how to make your kids do their schoolwork because that will be a podcast for another day. But um, it's amazing how they will get their schoolwork done if they have a checklist. And my husband asked me to make one for the kids, but he also um, sat there with me and he helped me figure out approximately how much time it should take them. So it didn't say math from, you know, 8.30 to 9.15. I mean, none of that was specified, but it would say math 45 minutes or reading 30 minutes or science an hour and a half or whatever that was. So the kids knew, this is how much time I have. And so um, that really helped us. And we no longer were able uh, or, or unable to get through our schoolwork unless there was some kind of interruption. Um, input, get input from your older kids. Um, one year, one of my kids wanted to study oceanography and the other one wanted to study space in the same year. So I always said one had their head in the clouds and one was underwater. So, um, we did a wonderful study on both of those things that year. And to this day, the kids still remember that and, um, you know, and loved it. Routine or schedule, which is it? Um, look at what works for you. And that was when I was saying, you know, like having a schedule that maybe just has the times that it would take. Or if you have a specific routine, you know, you get up every day, um, you know, kids make their beds, they come out, they um, have breakfast while you read them a Bible reading or some kind of little study that you do as a family. You could have that kind of scheduled and routine. And before they even go and change and brush their teeth for the day, or they might get dressed, or you may have you know, the kids, are you're okay with them in, in PJs all day, whatever that is, guess what? You've gotten a lot done before they even leave the table. You know, if you do journaling, which I love to do with my kids, they could have their journals out. And after you read their scripture um, information, or like if we read a little story that had a scripture attached to it and more to think about. The older ones could write in their journal, and the little ones you could take into the other room, and they could tell you more about it. So whatever that is, and as much as you possibly can do, which is I think is number 15 on my list here, um, with your kids, you can do together. Rotate your schedule. Doing the same thing all the time can be boring and cause uh, kids to zone out. I remember um, that we would do like half the year, we would do more history-focused unit studies, and the other half we would do more science unit-focused studies. And guess what? If when kids go to college, they have one semester or even a quarter, if the kids are on quarters, to complete an entire book. And yes, it's college level, and we're talking about maybe elementary or middle school or high school, but it can be done. Do you have to do every single page in the book? No, but you have to understand those concepts and you can understand the concepts a lot of times without reading every single word. So um, one of the things you can do is schedule it you know to have a theme or you can break it up. You know, Maybe you do math every day, but you can do writing uh, three times a day or you can do spelling with just the words that kids misspell normally in their writing. Um, I have to tell you, I, I never did a formal... Sp- okay, I let me preface this. I tried, because I was a teacher, to have my kids do workbooks and textbooks when I first started homeschooling. It was a major fail. That's why I always say, don't try to recreate the home or the school in the home. And it was funny that my daughter told me that because I'd slipped into that with the younger ones. Uh, so what I was you know, focusing on was getting the books for everything, right? So they tried doing this and they they didn't learn spelling that year. So then I finally said, you know what, we're going to do a lot of, you know, when we do reading, we're going to do sounds and vocabulary and learning it from books that we're reading. If they didn't know a word, they were supposed to stop me and we would Uh, learn that word or put it on a list or whatever that was. When we did unit studies, we ended up doing a lot of vocabulary. So as they wrote, if there was something that they were spelling incorrectly, um, we would circle it. Sometimes they would ask me how to spell it. So I would ask them to sound it out. If they don't know phonetics, they're not going to be able to sound things out. So start there with a really good phonetics program, and then I never did spelling after that, and my kids spell fairly well. Um, All right, number nine, um, 180 days, get a calendar. And I love, um, you can find these online, but like look for a one year's calendar and then circle all the days you're going to do school. So there are two calendars that actually will be included in the August planner, for this year. But, you know, obviously if it's past this year, you do it um, yourself. If you have um, Microsoft Publisher, you can do it in there as well. And what you do is you just circle all those years and you'll be able to see how many, when you're going to start school and when you're going to end school. And that's always fun. And then taking a break. Like my daughter takes, um, she homeschools her kids and she takes all of December off. They've already started homeschooling. So um, she'll take all of December off and then start early on in January. Uh, So, you know, whatever works for you. Um, Homeschool planner, again, well, Plan Gal planners are my favorite. They're digital, printed, and even a prayer planner. There's also a smaller size that I have that I keep in my purse, and I love it. Uh, Levin used checklists um, when the kids were little. I had chore checklists and I had little graphics for each thing that they did. You can find these online um, under images. Uh, you can have the print it out and have the kids, um, you know, glue them to the to the um, the chart. If you don't have a word processor or something like that, you can even do it in Word. Uh, super fun to do. I'm gonna make myself a note here. I'm gonna try to get some. Um, in Word for you guys. Um, and I'll, I also have a Mac, so I'll try to get it in both uh, formats so you guys can fill them in. Um, but again, that will be in, in the August planner. But um, uh, and then I'll try to make myself another note to put it in the show notes. Uh, so, you know, that way you can print that out and then the kids um, can use that checklist um, each day. It even had a check, you know, something for brushing their teeth and fixing their beds and getting dressed so that they feel a sense of accomplishment before the day even starts. And then breaks, um, and I'm not talking about daily breaks. My daughter can take a break in between the day because her kids like to eat. Some of them are grazers, and they can eat all day. Um, But I never did because every time, uh, I'm not a big snack person, and I think she's compensating for it. I don't know. Sorry, Tina, if you're listening to this. but. I felt like after we had a break, if we had a 15-minute break, it was really difficult to get them back into school. So if your kids like to munch or eat or whatever, they can have it while they're doing their schoolwork, Um, you know, as long as it's not messy. And then um, when I'm talking about breaks, I'm mostly talking about events. So highlight birthdays, because we always took the day off, or holidays or field trips, or if you had a catch-up day, Friday... Was always our game day. So Friday we had all kinds, and I still have them. Um, educational uh, games, and the kids got to play, and it just reiterated what they were learning. So it was awesome. Um, plan your week. You know, um, you can do that, and I'm going to talk more about that in the next podcast. Um, look at your books, divide them by the number of homeschool days and weeks, and if there are 30 chapters, you may need to do one per week. Um, Some books might take two weeks to complete a chapter. So, you know, whatever that is, you can do that. Again, you work backwards from, you know, where your kids should be, what kind of books you want, and then how many days you're homeschooling. Number 15 is my most, uh, I think this is a gem, and that is teach kids together. Even though um, I had one child that was five years older than the youngest, and he was two and a half years older than... Uh, number So number three was five years older than number five, and he was two and a half years older than number four. So it was a stretch t- for him to work with the youngest, but my youngest was pretty bright. And I think a lot of times our youngest kids just are sponges. They, are, uh, they just have so much available to them. And I watch how much they take in because they're not just sitting there watching some little, you know, um, the fun little... Thing on TV or in front of a tablet or whatever, they are hearing what you're teaching your kids, and I and it just really um, stretches them. So as much as you possibly can, you're going to, um, you know, do things that are age specific. But you can just like I was sharing with you about the Bible study. So you can do a little Bible verse. You can read a little story. The younger kids are maybe going to draw a picture. The older ones are going to draw in a journal. Some of the other ones may narrate back what you said and tell you about it. So you can still do it by subjects. We did a lot of unit studies when they were younger. That was the method I preferred. As I got older, it became harder to do unit studies, but we still focused on themes. And number 16 is projects. If you're doing a science fair, guess what? You need to start that in the summer. And get your paper signed as soon as the grade, as school starts. And that's grade six and up. And I wrote a book called The Insider's Guide to Successful Science Fair Projects. It's available on digital, on Media Angels membership, um, on the first tier or on Amazon. And I put links in the show notes. Um, Same thing with any kind of art projects that you are, um, perhaps you have your kids. Um, and that should be another whole podcast. I'm thinking of other podcasts as I'm doing this one. Oh, my gosh. Can you tell I'm a homeschool mom? Um, But like art projects uh, that can be submitted um, to contests and things like that. So um, that's what made me think of contests, because I know of a young man who um, used to uh, be very good in art. Actually, he's very good in art, and I think he majored in art in college. And he always used to win the Sanibel Ding Darling stamp competition. So his drawings got made into stamps and were part of um, the nature preserve out on Sanibel Island in Florida's you know, collection. And it was really fun to watch. Uh, my daughters um, also won science fair. Christina won a homeschool state science fair, and she placed uh, second and third um, in the um, competition here in town. Um, homeschooling she won first, so uh, then she moved on to the upper competition. So there's a lot of places for homeschoolers if you're project oriented and um, also to to submit their stuff for contests, which also adds fuel to the fire. And if you're doing a big science fair project, guess what? You can add a lot of other things like writing and research and um, you know, creativity. I mean, uh, there's a ton of stuff. Okay. And the last thing I want to talk about is high school. Um, if your child is high school age, you really should do a four-year schedule. And again, this will be in the planner, and I will make a note to add it to the show notes. And um, for those of you who are so great, and you can um, email me at felice at com or message me here on this post on Vintage Homeschool Moms, episode 285. And just let me know if I forgot something. Um, so... Planning a four-year schedule is important. We did this um, with my oldest two, and then I had that to use um, with my younger ones. The scale is um, you know, different for high school diploma versus high school diploma with college in mind versus um, any kind of accelerated program uh, that you may consider. Also, if your kids are planning to attend college, uh, listen to College Prep Genius uh, for ways to ace the ACT and SAT, as well as to get scholarships. And I just found this out this summer. If your kids play sports, know the rules. So if your kids are approaching high school and have an eye to playing sports in college, read up on the NCAA.org. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of advice with you. I was told about this three years ago, and not that I didn't think my kids were talented, um, Ann and Michael both have received college scholarships to play sports, um, and they they both qualified for academic scholarships, so I'm super proud of both of them. However, the NCAA.org was overwhelming when I looked at it years ago, and I just pretty much ignored it. Well, my son is playing D1 baseball, and we had to go back and recreate every subject that was homeschooled on a two-page form. Yes, that was fun. Listing our goals and objectives when I can't even remember what I ate yesterday for dinner. So friends, if you are, um, you know, if you have a kid who is possibly eligible, um, you may want to start keeping those forms because it would have been a heck of a lot easier if I had done that. Um, He took some dual enrolled classes in college and for his college level classes, I didn't have to. Uh, Some of the courses are not, um, you know, accepted for NCAA, and so like like Old Testament Bible and some of those courses. Uh, so I didn't have to do it for those, but very, very good information to have early on so that you're not doing what I had to do and go back and recreate, um, which was very fun. Uh, not, um, but anyway, learn from my mistakes. And I hope that this episode has been informative for you. Again, show notes are on vintagehomeschoolmoms.com, episode 285. Uh, Do me a favor, subscribe to this podcast, add a comment on iTunes. That really, really helps as well as share this episode with a friend. If you want to say thank you for free, podcasting. That is the best thing you can do is share the episode. All you have to do is grab the link. There's tons of social media links. You can even email it and just send it to five of your friends. I will be very, very thankful if you would do that. So thanks so much. I appreciate all of you. And while I'm going to say, don't stress out as you're planning. um, I know what I went through every single year I homeschooled. I just graduated my last this year. And so um, and it still hasn't stopped people. It's still going on with, you know, stuff that we need for college. So even though he's been accepted and he has a scholarship, um, we still had more paperwork to do. So, friends, take care. God bless. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.